I'm Chelsea Pites, your real estate social media coach, and my mission is to help real estate and mortgage professionals to feel confident using social media platforms and build a powerful personal brand without the overwhelm of wondering if you're doing it right. Imagine how you'll feel when you create a smart, strategic, and sustainable social media strategy that not only gets you in front of your ideal client, but also allows you to focus on what really matters, helping people build wealth through homeownership, not scrolling through feeds or stressing about what to post. If you're already in real estate or soon to be on your way and you want to understand how to over leverage free social media platforms to help you grow your business, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Today, I have a special guest with me that I recently just met in person in Newport Beach. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and how long you've been in the industry. Oh my goodness. It's my joy. Anytime I get to meet somebody in real life and then extend that relationship here into the internet, it makes me so happy. So as Chelsea said, I'm Whitney. I'm a business coach for women who want to use the internet to scale their businesses. Um, and I happened to find myself in this real estate market. I, it was never by design, but I had a lot of clients who were real estate agents. And so that is how our paths crossed. I've been in the entrepreneurial space for about seven years now, but I've been coaching exclusively for the last four years. Oh my gosh. How exciting. I didn't know that you were only exclusively coaching for the last four years. That's so great. And I I think it's so interesting that many of the people, including myself that are on this show or that my paths have crossed, it's really interesting how it's almost like all roads lead to real estate. It seems like that is where a lot of our work is done, even though we hadn't anticipated on starting there specifically. Um, So I love hearing that. And I loved, 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 loved your presentation. You kicked off this conference that we were at. You were, you know, the headline keynote, like morning, first morning of let's get started. And you were speaking my love language, which was all about brains and science. And as soon as you said neural coupling, I, we, I knew we were going to fall in love. I was like, she just talked about neural coupling. I love it. (laughs) So don't you um, love that when you're like, I found my soulmate because they're equal parts nerd and enthusiasm. I love that. And and the bigger message in your presentation was about storytelling and not just storytelling about your clients and your business, but really importantly, storytelling about yourself. So how did you start that process of figuring out how to help women tell their story in a way that would make them feel connected to their community, would position them as a credible expert? Because a lot of, a lot of us struggle with Number one, talking about ourselves. And number two, trying to think of anything that we think other people might have be interesting. But I think it's we're just too close to that story. So you gave us some really great tips during that uh, presentation. So let's dive into that. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important for people to hear that when when they're telling themselves no one cares about my story, they couldn't be more wrong because their story is the way that we see ourselves inside of their journey and we create those pathways of connection. And so um, even if it feels like it's not a grand big thing, how you came into your business, whatever it is that you're doing, if it doesn't feel like it's a big deal, maybe you can let go of the expectation of it being extraordinary and lean into the expectation that it is relatable. And that is just as valuable as it is if it were to blow their minds away with how you came into what you're doing. So the first thing I would always tell you is lean into this idea that the story is the way that we create strong connection with other people. So they decide whether or not they want to work with you and they remember it. And we were talking about all of the science about why storytelling works. And this is why Chelsea and I were geeking out so hard with each other, because (laughs) there is so much research that tells us what happens 
in our physiology, when we hear a story, um, the hormones that are released in our bodies, whenever we hear a story, make it so that we are 22 times more likely to remember it than if we were told a statistic. And that is by nature because we as human beings are connection oriented people. It's by design that we're that way. Um, so yeah, I just think if you, if you knew how powerful storytelling was, you wouldn't be so afraid or turned off to use it because it is the most impactful, powerful way that we have to communicate with others. I love that. I don't know that I knew that stat about 22 times more likely to remember something that is huge. And I agree. I mean, that's why we love movies and books and the commercials that are done well, that are telling that story. We can still remember. I mean, I'm like, I remember Super Bowl commercials from like years and decades ago, mainly because they were emotional. And I, I remember that storytelling aspect. So all right, we we get it. We've got to tell the story, but where do we start? Because that's the hardest part I feel like. And so you, what what are your best tips for how do we start finding our stories and how do we start telling them? Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned that we're so close to it that it doesn't feel special or we like don't know how to sort through it. And this is a very normal phenomenon. Um, we call it, if you're in the coaching space at all, or if you've ever worked with a coach, we call it being in the weeds, right? So you're on the forest floor and everything, every, all the grass looks really tall. And it's kind of hard for you to sort through which nugget is important. Which thing that do I tell them is impactful here because there were likely a thousand stories or a thousand small moments that got you to where you are today. Um, and so you're probably having a hard time sorting through what the story looks like because you're so into it. That's where getting a partner, a coach, someone else that can help you sort of pull up a little bit and create the banner moments is helpful. But hopefully some of the infrastructure that we talk about today will help form the rubric for what your storytelling should do. So I always talk about crafting a story through the lens of a story arc, meaning there's a beginning and a middle and an end to a story. And so if we can just look at the big banner moments of what happened in your career to get you to where you are today, we can say, where were you at this point of origin in the creation of your career or industry? What happened? And who did you become, right? So I use my story as an example of saying I was a stay-at-home mother. I lacked fulfillment, right? And um, creativity after leaving a 10-year career and staying home with my children, I made a decision, right? That's that middle moment, that transformative time period where I made a decision. And then I ended up building a successful business. That's the story arc of becoming an entrepreneur, right? But you have a thousand story arcs, right? Where you become one thing and then potentially where you become another thing or where you create a program that solves someone's problem. Who knows what that thing is? So can you at least look at the beginning of the origin story of where was I? What did I do? What did I become? Mm, that was good and simple. And it's always something so simple, right? We're like overcomplicating all the things when it comes to storytelling and content creation and being authentic and providing value. And I know that I personally definitely get into the weeds and I'm in the business like you are. I'm sure that it's much easier for you to help extract these story arcs from your coaching clients than it is to even look within. So we're here to tell you that even though many people consider us to be experts in the space. We are human. <laughs> we still have to, you know, that's why we get coaching and why we have a network. And um, I have coaches in my life as well. So how about some tactical and practical advice for uh, creating content that's actually converting? I know you mentioned you work with a lot of real estate professionals. 
So you know that one of the limiting beliefs around real estate content is, yeah, but it's kind of boring and there's not really a human in it because it's about a house, right? Mm -hmm. So how are you coaching specifically to this industry about creating content that connects and converts? You know, first of all, I want to tell you, I sympathize and I understand why you think that because you see a lot of examples of really boring content. So the reason that you think that is because that's what you've seen. Chelsea and I are here aligned to tell you there is another way. Um, and, And so instead of thinking about content as this dry, boring thing, can we find the story in each moment, right? Can we find the story in navigating a stressful environment or circumstance with a client? Can we find the story in the magic of a house, right? I mean, when you walk into a room and there are the tick marks of mom, you know, measuring how many children have grown up through the years in the house, right? Every house has a story and it's your job as the agent to ask the right questions of the people that you're working with to pull the story out because the story is the compelling part, right? I told the story of the street that I live on as an example Uh, at the conference, right? I live on this magical street. Um, And at the time that I, I ended up moving off of the street, I I had two little kids that were under two and the house needed a massive renovation and I didn't have the bandwidth to live through that. So I moved away and I was heartbroken and I was looking at other houses, trying to find another place because I thought, Oh God, where we moved is just not it. And in a fit of frustration, I text one of my old neighbors and asked her if they were ready to sell me the house. And she sent me a picture of the coming soon sign they put in the yard that morning. And so now every day when I wake up, I open the curtains and I look out my bedroom window and I see the house that I brought my kiddos uh, home from the hospital in. And I have such fond memories of looking at that house. And now when they're bigger in this one, literally on the exact same street, the magic of a street. And my, the moral of this story is to tell you that every house and every family has a story just like that. And if you're asking the right questions, you will find it. And that's the content not the coming soon, not the just sold. That is the content. Mm -hmm. You said asking the right questions. So give us some examples on, on, we love that. I mean, of course we want to tell a story and that's how I tell the story. I, one of the examples that I gave at the presentation was my story about how I got into real estate and how it has everything to do with a KitchenAid mixer. And people are, unless you know the story, (laughs) people forget when I start telling the story that I'm giving an example and they've gotten so far into the story that they don't realize that we're actually in the presentation. And I'm like, that's exactly what we're talking about. And so it's maybe a little bit easier to find stories from our own home, but how do we ask those questions of other people that may kind of be a little bit of a stranger to us? Maybe we don't know these people quite yet. Maybe they're referrals from great friends of ours who worked with us. So how are we asking those questions to then create the story of the property itself or the house or the journey of what it's like to be in this current market. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which that's a story all on its own. Mm -hmm. So we can use the example. Let's say that you're getting ready to list a house and you're going on a listing appointment and you're walking around the house and they're showing you the features of the house or whatever that looks like getting really curious and, and having that sort of Sherlock Holmes um, lens, right? So you're walking around the house and you're looking for small moments that feel like their stories, right? If you're noticing the tick marks on the doorway, if you're, if you're noticing that there's been a massive renovation, if you're noticing these 
things that they've done to infuse life into their home, ask them questions about it, but also ask them about the memories, right? Like, you know, how long were you here? What was your favorite part about living here? What are you looking for moving forward? These sorts of questions, obviously you need to know them to do your job, but also they become points of content for you, right? You're noticing and you're pulling the thread on the things that feel meaningful and interesting. And the one thing I would tell you to look for are universal experiences. So these are the experiences that any human being can see themselves inside of. Usually they are around family, career, and safety, security, and meaning, right? So can we can we find a universal experience? Any person who's ever who's ever lived in a home that felt special and moved away from it could look at my story and say, Dad, gum it. I wish I hadn't left that street. I didn't know what I had until it was gone. They can see themselves in that moment, right? So find the universal experience and really lean hard into that. I love that. Okay. Shifting gears a little bit, because I want to talk about video and social and you're amazing at, at both of those things. Um, I want to talk about what is your favorite platform of the moment and format on that platform. And then I've got some questions for you. Mm-hmm. So your girl is an elder millennial. And so it's probably no surprise that my favorite platform is Instagram. Well, and I'm, I'm my a Gen Xer. So Are <laughs> I you? just heard about that. I know. I just recently heard about the elder millennials. So we're, we're very close. We're like in the same, it's probably <laughs> we're on the, the edge. Two that separates the difference, yes. but I behave just like an elder millennial. I think that <laughs> reels are the best thing since sliced bread. My yes. children are going to be so embarrassed when they get big and I don't care. I love it. I know. Same thing. Right. Okay. So I knew you were going to say that. And I know that we lean heavily into Instagram, especially reels here on the show, but I want to talk about your experience with reels and specifically real estate and how you're coaching that, because you have a lot of different opportunities and coaching programs. And you also have, um, a focus on, uh, reels on Instagram. So talk about that. How did you get into it? And then what are some of your best practices for it? You know, it's funny, Chelsea, earlier in the conversation, you said all roads kind of lead to real estate. I feel that way about video. I feel like all roads lead to video. (laughs) And so I have always been an early adopter to all social platforms. It's just a part of, it's a thing of interest to me. And so I get it. If it's not a thing of interest to you, Chelsea and I will just be pioneers in figuring out what you need to do and then chart the plan and tell you what to do. But we love to figure out what's going on and why are people doing this and the social psychology behind why we're doing it. And so I was a pretty early adopter into video. And the reason why I love it so much today as a coach is because I feel that it collapses the timeline of efficiency when it comes to building strong connections and then converting people from followers into friends and then into clients. Um, video tells so much more than an image ever could. And it allows people to really feel like they have a relationship with you if you're doing it right. And Mm. so whether it's Instagram stories or it's reels or whatever the short form video platform is that you're using TikToks, I don't care what it is. The goal is still the same. Can we forge strong relationships with people so that they remember us so that when they're ready and they want to use someone that does what we do, we're the one they think of. Oh, totally agree. And I I was asking myself in my head while you were talking, I'm like, I should ask her if she ever thinks that like images are going to make a comeback. And I'm like, I I just think I probably already know that answer. It's weird though, because I was talking with somebody that I actually don't know. Uh, This person had left me a a comment on one of my reels. And this reel was about, there's no original content. The only original content is you and your perspective and all of that. And um, had asked me a question 
And I just remember thinking, you know, about the engagement on, on reels and how we, um, I, the comment was something along the lines of I it work in this particular niche and I've been trying this and it hasn't really been working. And I feel like my engagement is down. What can I do? And I reminded them that the engagement is different on reels and TikTok because this is TV essentially. And it is different than stories because stories is built for engagement. Whereas in my opinion, I think reels is built to be consumed and the engagement is watch time, which often is silent and there's no metrics, at least for the time being. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you're coaching people to create reels, what are some of the best practices and tips you're giving them? Because it's one thing to get on video. It's another thing to have people start making reels, right? I mean, as a coach, like, I know it's like, okay, we got you on video. Now we're going to teach you how to make reels. And that's a whole nother world. <laughs> it really is. And it requires your brain to sort of think almost as if you're a um, producer, like, you know, yes, you're not I, yes. You have to think yeah. about like different scenes. And I mean, we're, we're, we're not, we're not saying to spend hours, right? Like that, like somebody could listen to this and say, Oh, great. Forget it. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't think you and I thought that until after we made a whole bunch of them. And then we're like, you know what, we're actually thinking about this differently. So don't let that intimidate you. We didn't start this process thinking, now I got to come up with a beginning and a hook and a middle and an end and tie it all together. Right? Like we didn't start like that. For sure. And you know, it's, I get that it's overwhelming. And if, mm -hmm. if it doesn't come naturally to you, it feels hard. That's why people hire coaches and people that help them navigate that, or they take courses, whatever that thing is to help them shorten that knowledge gap. So they learn the skills. But the number one thing I think Chelsea and I would both tell you is get in the freaking app and start to make them like, even if they're bad, I don't care. Just get in there and tinker around because nine times out of 10, you're going to answer your own questions just by tinkering around. It's really intuitive. They made it really intuitive because they want you on it and they want you to stay on it. Okay. So they did that by design. Um, so just getting in there and getting your feet wet and being willing to sort of share a little bit about your expertise and your story and what you do and why you do it and letting people see the personality of the person doing the work, because there's nothing more compelling than the decision of, I want to work with that person. You know, they might decide to work with you for, uh, or be curious about working with you for a thousand different reasons, but they'll decide they want to work with you based on wanting to be around you, wanting to enter into that long-term relationship with you. And the way they see that is through personality. And so I know by the time someone's decided to work with me, they know energetically we're a great fit because they've been watching me and they know exactly what it's going to look like when I coach them because the personality is exactly the same through the screen as it is whenever we're one-on-one -on -one having a private conversation. Um, so, yeah, you know, I totally agree with that. And you just brought something to my mind. Um, there is, I don't know if you're familiar with the company called Brand Builders and Rory Vaden, um, but uh, his group came out with a study about brand and essentially how consumers and everyday humans like us, how we, um, connect with people's personal brands and they had it by elder millennial and young millennial. And then they had it by Gen X and boomer. <laughs> so they had the two groups, right. And, um, the number one, and it was 42%. I remember that number, the number one, the biggest area where, the uh, millennials and elder millennials said, this is why I want to work with someone, or this is how I can, this is the number one thing I look at it in someone's personal brand was personality. Like that actual word you just said was personality. Then on the other side, the Gen X and the boomers, it was, um, 
I, I, there were more things that were similar to personality, but the biggest one was relevance, relevance to what their interests were. So mm-hmm. I thought that was so interesting that it was, it was really, truly personality was what people think of when they think of personal brand, which I think is very different than what I learned about kind of what a personal brand was 20 years ago. Well, yeah, um, we've so, been told that your personal brand is like, it's what people say when you're not about you, when you're not in the room and yeah. to a certain degree, that's correct. But also your personal brand is the way in which you show up in the world, your footprint and your mannerisms and the things that you find humorous and the like inside jokes that happen with your clients and with, with the people following you. Right. I'm sure that you have these things, but I have these uh, phrases that I say, and if I pull it out of my pocket, I'll get 20 DMS of like, yes, yes. She brought it back. Right. And they're like waiting for me to say this thing. I um, mean, it becomes like, you know, just yeah. we're friends, right. That's yeah. compelling. I mean, I feel like I have to know what these phrases are that people are so excited. Can you share one? Yes. I will <laughs> a say Whitney, Bob's your a uncle. A, a Whitneyism. I will say Bob's your uncle quite frequently when I'm like, you just, you do this, you do that. Bob's your uncle. Oh, okay. Okay. They I love like it. it. I, okay. They love it. I was making a joke in my stories yesterday, um, trying to come up with another word for a derogatory term for women. And I was Googling and found the word Hellcat, which I really loved. So I was getting a pulse on my audience of if they like that. And of course they thought it was hilarious, right? It might not be your version of funny, but the women following me are like, that's, that sounds just well, like, well, you know, your audience and they know you, and that's mm-hmm. really, really where the magic happens. I love that. So, um, before we close out, I want to hear all about your offerings. I want to hear about, you are a speaker, you are a coach, you have so many different, um, hats that you're wearing. So for those people who are listening, who are looking for an incredible speaker, or they are looking for a coach, share a little bit about each one of those, uh, programs and like what your, what your focus is on, on both of those. Yeah, absolutely. So from a speaking perspective, of course, my bread and butter is talking about marketing and confidence and, you know, building the infrastructure for successful business, leveraging social media. Those are the things that I typically talk about. Um, And whether it's real estate or just entrepreneurial in general, uh, the audiences that I love to serve are people who are hungry and ready to do the work. They just need to know what that work is. Um, And then when it comes to coaching, there's a thousand and one ways to work with me from one-on-one handholding all the way up to a low cost, easy membership. And it just kind of depends on where you are. But in general, people come to me for one of two reasons. Number one, they want to build additional revenue streams and they don't know where to start. Uh, And usually those are virtual revenue streams. The other way that they come to me is I want to build my confidence in marketing myself online and I want to have a strong strategy and I don't know what to do. And so typically, uh, depending upon where they are, we'll, we'll either work through whether it's a one-on-one good fit or if it's a membership or a course that they need based on, on what they're doing. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. What's the best place for everyone to reach you? I mean, I'm going to say it's Instagram because I know you elder millennials, you love your Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. With love. I love my Instagram as well. Where can they find you on the gram and mention you have two accounts, right? You have one for the reels focus and one for you. So we'll put both of those in the show notes, but tell everybody where they can find you. Absolutely. My personal platform is Whitney Abraham, just my name. And if you're looking for something that is real estate in real specific, you can follow my company's handle at real R E E L social agent.
Love it. Real social agent. Perfect. We'll put those in there. Thank you so much, friend. I can't wait to talk more about brains and branding with you in the future. And so excited that you came on the show. So thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, friends, for listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe so you never miss a new episode and consider sharing this podcast with your real estate and mortgage friends. And if you haven't already grabbed your free downloads, 100 Real Estate Content Idea Starters and my guide to making better Instagram reels for real estate, you should head over to my Instagram profile at chelsea.pites, that's P-E-I-T-Z, or you can visit my website at chelseapites.com. Until next time, see you then.